You are listening to messages from Victory Outreach in the city of Whittier. We pray that you are inspired, challenged, and provoked to become all that God has called you to be. For daily insight, please log into victoryoutreachwhittier.org. Um, you know what? I'm so blessed to see what God's doing. Um, we prayed and installed Ryan as a regional. Amen. Because Pastor Cisco was the regional. And so he's going to be working with them this week, and but we install, I mean, this year, and but um, he's ready to fly, amen. And uh, also, you know, something profound happened. Um, they, it's the first time in 19 years that Pastor Sonny had made a decision, Pastor Sonny, Sister Julie, Pastor Sonny, and the elders um, made a decision to uh, install four brand new elders. And uh, it's a privilege. We have, uh, I, I want you to know who the eldership is. Um, um, we have, no, the other picture. Where's the other one? Rob, the other, there you go. We have Pastor Sonny, who's our founder, of course. Pastor Rick. And we didn't set it up like this, but the, we just, they asked us to take a picture, right? And it was, was kind of ironic. The way it all turned out was the new, all of us new ones were, ended up on one side. And, every, and, and the oldies but goodies. Amen. Ended up on the others. So we have Pastor Rick, Elanice, who's been an elder for many years, Pastor Saul Garcia. And I've known Pastor Saul since I was 22 years old when I came to the movement. I had the privilege to, to get to know him and meet him, and I've known him ever since. And then Pastor Sonny Argonzoni Jr., he was the last elder 19 years ago that was installed, him and Pastor Steve Pineda, and then also Pastor Mitchell Peterson. And, of course, Pastor Ed Morales, Pastor Steve um, Pineda and Pastor David Martinez went home to be with the Lord. And so we lost three elders. And Pastor Sonny came um, up with a new level of leadership. And at first he was saying, ah, oh, we're not going to have no new elders. We're going to use the Maltese. And then uh, I guess it was a test. You know, Pastor Sonny knows what he's doing. Because there was eight of us. There were 16 originally selected to be multi-regionals. And when the selection process and different things took place, there was eight of us that were there and then um, in the course of time, there's been six of us now, and, uh, or seven. But now, um, Pastor Al Valdez, all the way from Victoria, San Diego, was raised up and prayed for and installed as one of our elders. And also, Pastor Tom Vasquez, Victory Outreach Denver, is an elder. Amen. And Pastor Chewy uh, from East L.A., Aconsa Victoria, who helps oversee all of Mexico, representing the... Uh, the Latin America, he's one of our elders now. And then I had the privilege um, to be installed and, uh, and prayed for. And uh, I'm just grateful to God. Amen. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm grateful. I am deeply humbled and broken for the privilege to serve alongside such great men. And if I know that I am so unworthy, but I thank God for the precious blood of Jesus, right? Amen. Amen. And I'm grateful. And I want to let you know I came back exhausted. <laughs> And uh, we had, we, it was uh, like somebody said, oh, how was your, your getaway vacation? I'm like, 
if you, if you went with us and seen what we do there, then you, halfway through the week, you'd be like AWOL. We wouldn't be able to fight you. You'd be asleep somewhere. Because we were having meetings after Pastor Sonny, I don't know how he does. I'm going to tell you, so right, Pastor Barry? There's a supernatural power that they go on four or five hours sleep a night. And then he, I was sitting there with some of the elders in a meeting about something we were doing. And Pastor Sonny says, Joe, you got to start, you, you guys, you guys got to start having more meetings. You got you, you to care about the world. And I'm like, man, I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm like, man, we, we were. We were intentional. We met with all the pastors in Europe. We set a plan. We're going to be flying out in a couple of weeks to go strengthen. This morning, I was, I was so broken in God's presence because I'm going to talk to you today about the importance of having a passionate heart for God and for the things of God. And I was so broken this morning because I was reading about Paul the Apostle and how he not only planted churches, but he, went, he traveled all over the world at that time, and he strengthened churches. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, that's what I've anointed you to do. And, and that's what we've been doing. We've been planning churches, and we've been traveling Panama. We've been in Venezuela. We've been all over. We've been in El Salvador Crusades. We've been in Australia Crusades, New Zealand Crusades. We've gone to South Africa four or five times and helped and preached over there in the conferences, gone to the streets and led people to the Lord. We're going back again in a couple of weeks to go strengthen our baby church there. They're watching. Victory Outreach International, Amsterdam, amen, with Pastor Youse and the entire team. And uh, I feel the responsibility now as Pastor has challenged us to help there in Europe, not just with that church, but with all of the pastors and strengthening the churches that we have there. I want to talk to you today about having a passion a passionate heart or having a heart of passion amen? amen and so i want you to open your bibles to second timothy chapter four and we'll begin i love this is one of my favorite portion, uh, portions of scripture and i also want to greet all those watching online it came up when we were there in our meetings uh, our church was mentioned about um, so many people are being impacted from watching our on demand, our live, and also uh, watching our our, uh, our messages. Now, this is uh, the last. They say the last letter that Paul the Apostle wrote. Um, it's kind of dark up here. Is there more lighting? Can you turn up the lights or something? Like, it's very difficult for me to be able to see the. The, the way they got it set up here. I don't know if they changed it or something. Can you guys adjust the lighting? I don't know where Gino's at. All right. Second Timothy, are you there? Second Timothy chapter 4, and uh, I'm going to start reading in verse 5. All right. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let there be light. Okay. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, verse 5. But you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Distar discharge all the duties of your ministry. Verse 6. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. 
And the time has come for my departure. Wow, this is profound. Paul's in a prison cell for preaching the gospel because persecution had broke out. Nero Caesar was, was killing Christians. They were persecuting them. And uh, here he's writing and penning the last letter to Timothy, which we'll be, we're reading today. Um, and he says something profound. He says, I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. He's not talking about catching a plane, amen? He's talking about going home to be with the Lord. And verse 7, we come to something profound. Verse 7. He says, I have fought the good fight. I love this. I love this. I love this. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all those who love his appearing. See, the reason why Paul the Apostle could say something like this is because he was a man of passion to the very end. When I think of the Apostle Paul, I think of Pastor Sonny, uh, our spiritual father, our founder. He, there's, he's 78 years old and the man has so much passion for the world, passion to reach hurting people, passion for the churches all over the world. That's a role model, an example to each and every one of us that we would have passion in our lives, not only for God, but to do something for God. Because God didn't just save us just to sit there. God saved you so that you could touch somebody else's life. Think about what he's done in your life. Think about how he's turned your life around. Think about how he intervened in our lives. And we're no longer messed up. We're no longer hurting. We're no longer addicted. We, we don't have the issues we used to have. We maybe have some struggles. We may be going through some trials. But it doesn't matter. God has been good to us. He's turned our life around. That's why he touched us. This man, Paul the Apostle, never lost sight of that. There was always a fire burning in his life to be able to live for God and fulfill God's will for his life and God's plan for his life. To my dying breath, that's what I want to do. I want to be able to fulfill everything God has for my life. When I think about passion, I think about caring for the world, and I think about fulfilling God's will, I've come to realize that why is it that some people don't have any passion? They don't have a passionate heart. And I want to talk for a few minutes about that and talk about the need that's around the world and how God wants to use our church. Sometimes I think about it and I realize that the reason why some people don't have passion is because they allow something precious to become familiar. Just like people. People can become familiar with someone and then they kind of lose respect for them. And, 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 and we should always understand that the Lord saved us and touched us for a reason. You can't let the things of God become familiar. Every time you come to the house of God, you should come saying, God, speak to me. Lord, I thank you for your house. I'm, I know I'm going to hear from God. Not only am I going to hear from God, there's somebody God wants me to encourage. You come to, to the house of God with an expectancy, an anticipation, an excitement. A, a joy of joining together with the fellow brothers and sisters and, and be able to say, man, this is God's plan for my life. It's in the house where God uh, discover, where I discover my gifts and my talents and I'm able to use them. It's in the house of God. I'm grateful. I haven't lost passion to go to church. I'm still excited about going to church. I'm still excited about serving God. I love the Lord. I'm grateful to God. See, if you let it become familiar, then you don't respect it and don't honor it and you don't have the passion you used to 
something precious becomes familiar. Even the presence of God. I have opened my eyes and looked around on, at leaders or people who have been saved for a long time. And instead of worshiping God, they, see, they have this bored look on their face. Like another song? I'm not talking about new people. I can understand it from new people. But those of us that have been saved for a while, has worshiping God become so familiar to you that you get bored? That's what I'm talking about. In the course of time, we allow things that were precious to us to become so familiar, they become common. And this is one of the strategies of Satan, to take what is most precious and make it appear as something common. We can lose our passion if we're not praying and we're not in the word. You know what produces passion? Prayer. Prayer in the word. There's no way you could be praying and be in the word and not have passion to do something for God, not have passion to serve God. It ignites a fire inside of you. Come on, somebody. It ignites a, a man, when you get in prayer and you feel the presence of God, there's a brokenness that happens. In, and then all of a sudden, you start to sense that God has something great for your life. And the Holy Spirit begins to whisper to you that you are special. You are called. You are chosen. Not just somebody who gets behind the pulpit, but every single person that has been touched by the power of Jesus Christ. God has a plan for your life. Over there at work or wherever you are, you're a light in the midst of darkness you're a hope you can pray for people you are the only Jesus some people will ever see prayer we were tired I got sick over there in Mexico I ate something that kind of upset my stomach and I was going on four hours sleep and meetings then we had a meeting we were there till like one o'clock in the morning right Barry <laughs> and then I got to get up early and pray. I can't go in the flesh, amen. I gotta pray. I'm afraid to do, I'm afraid to do ministry in the flesh. I have a holy fear and awe. I have never, in every all these years, I have never, ever, ever once gone from the pillow to the pulpit. I'm not a pillow prophet. I I, I have an awe, fear of the things of God. I love spending more time preparing my heart than I do my mind. And, 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 and we were going, 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 going. And then you know what? I go, man, I'm just going to sit down in this chair and fall asleep for a little bit. We got back to the room. But I put on the worship, and the worship starts to play. You know what I'm talking about? Ooh, my God, it starts to, and then a song comes out that just breaks you about the presence and the holiness of God. And, and, man, I'm like, oh, my God, I just had to worship. I had to jump up and start walking and singing. And thank you, oh, God. All of a sudden, this excitement, this joy, this passion, this, oh, my God, this supernatural energy. I found out what Pastor Sonny's been drinking. It's the presence of God. It keeps us motivated. It keeps us excited. It keeps us going. And we had some, some pastors coming over. We were going to go spend some time with them. And I was thinking, oh, my God, 
At first, when I was sitting there in the chair, I was like, oh, Lord, I was tired. I said, maybe I could rest my eyes by the time they get up here to give me 10 minutes. But the worship was playing. And at first, I was thinking, maybe they'll, maybe they'll fall asleep and not come. <laughs> oh, Lord. But then that worship song came on. Ooh, and then the excitement came. Then when, when, the, when they knocked on the door and they, they hit the doorbell and I heard it in the room, man, I wasn't like, oh, no, they're here. Oh, God, I can't take it. I was like, I was already pacing back and forth and praising God because of the worship, because of the presence of God. Man, I opened the door with a big old excitement. They were all tired. They were tired from the meetings. I'm like, come in here. I got something for you to drink. In the presence of God, they heard the worship playing. Ah, there was a presence there that they felt. There was an excitement. We started talking about taking cities. We started talking about reaching people and what God wants to do in their city and what God wants to do in their church. And there was such an energy, such an excitement. That's what I'm talking about. The passion, the passion to lay your life down for God. We can't win the world with passionate leaders. We, we, with unpassionate leaders, we need passionate people that love God and are grateful that God delivered them and set them free. And you can't get that from Red Bull or a five-hour. Takes a lot more than that. Talking about vitamin PV, passion and vision. Sometimes we get caught up in the natural. Everyday life routines. We start to rely on us and not on God. We become self-reliant. You do that long enough and you start to run out of gas and lose your passion. That's when life group leaders say, oh, man, I got to, again, I don't feel like doing it. It's because they're not plugging into the power source like they should. Doing the work of ministry, especially in Victory Outreach, is supernatural. Pastor Sonny will kill you. <laughs> I told the guys in our meeting, we were there. And um, I, told, I told the guys, you know what this means, right? And Tom goes, yeah, more work. <laughs> more passion it's going to take. I've learned in my life that prayer is the key that unlocks every door. The key to every door that you will ever face is unlocked through prayer. Praying and intercession will break open cont continents and countries. Prayer gives us a heart, a passionate heart for the things of God. One thing I know that this ministry was birthed in prayer, and the reason why we're continuing to expand is because our leadership is praying leadership. It's so important to me that we understand this, that this church understands. In Jeremiah 33.3, call out to me and I will answer you and tell you great and mighty things, unsearchable things that you don't even know yet. You know, one thing's come clear to me is that there's a world out there they're waiting for us. I remember sitting in a hotel room, broken, tired of life, and I was contemplating ending it all thinking like, man, why, I had no purpose, no meaning. And somehow God had mercy and grace in my life, and I'm still here because there was a plan and a purpose. There's more you and more me's out there that we need to reach. This church is going to play an important role not only here in Woody and all the surrounding cities, 
but all over the world. We need men and women to rise up and answer the call and go. I feel it more than ever. Jeremiah 17.10 says, I, the Lord, I'll search your, I search your heart. I search the hearts and I, and I test the mind. And so it all begins with the motive of our heart. If we have passion and we're spending the quality time, then we're going to have the right motives that, we're gonna, that will push us. Passion to get people saved. Passion to change lives. God's word tells us that we're supposed to love the way Jesus loved. In John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, than he laid down his life for his friends. 1 John 3, 16 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for each other. Not only for each other, but for a, hot, a lost and hurting world. Somebody say amen. amen. I want to remind you of Luke chapter 4. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The poor means the broken down, the hurting, those that have not. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives. Wow, brokenhearted, captives, those that need healing. Recovery is sight to the blind, not only physically blind, but spiritually blind. Set at liberty those that are bruised. That's profound to me. They're in chains of emptiness and loneliness and darkness and alcoholism and drug abuse and all the things that the world is facing. He said the Lord has proclaimed the, acceptable, proclaimed the acceptable year of the Lord. And so this is what God has called us to do. And our church is playing a big, an important part of it. Another reason sometimes why people don't have passion or they lose their passion is because, now I want you to pay close attention to this, it's very important. Because they have no purpose beyond themselves. We have people in this church that have no purpose beyond themselves and their own family. Have you become self-centered? We can't allow that to creep into our, into, our, into our lives. There's great power when we have a passion to reach people. Passion is the energy of our souls. It's the driving force of this church. The center of gravity is other people for us in this church. Reaching people. A passionate person is, always has goals and is visionary. They have an optimistic attitude. Everybody say, we can do it. Can do it. Not a we can't do it, a we can. I want everybody to say, we can do it. We can be all that God has called us to be and do everything he's called us to do, but it's going to take passion. 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 It's going to take passion. It's going to take passion. Passion is contagious. Passion is excitable. When you have passion, people will want to follow you, but you ain't got no passion. Who wants to follow a passionate person? Who wants to follow a deadbeat? Does anybody want to follow somebody who's dead? I want to follow somebody who's got excitement. I thank God when you get around Pastor Sonny, and he's, he's, he's inspiring us and provoking us that there's passion inside of his heart to win the world. He's always talking about Cuba. He's always talking about Latin America, about Europe. He said we haven't even touched Asia yet. There's a whole continent that needs victory outreach. 
And you and I can have a part in it. But sometimes we get so self-centered, we don't even care beyond the boundaries of our own household. We got to care. I'm trying to expand the hearts and the minds of our people as we continue to plant churches and continue to reach out. Who will go? Who's going to go from our church? Passion is the first step to achievement. It brings success. We read it in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. He said, watch, now listen to this. I have fought a good fight. You know what a good fight is? It's a fight you know you're already going to win. That's a good fight. It's like, oh, this is going to be a good fight. Watch. <laughs> See, there is no chance of you losing this fight. You already got the victory because Jesus Christ won it at Calvary. Somebody say, man, we got the victory. And then he says this, not only did he fight the good fight, he says, I finished the race. Pastor Saul said something profound when he was, when he was speaking. He, I had the privilege to speak after him. He spoke Tuesday morning, first speaker, and I spoke second. He was saying this, he said, people come up to me and they say they respect me because I have longevity, he said. And he's been around for, what is it, 40-some years, 47 years? He said, but he said something profound. He said, longevity is only a direct result of relationship with God. He said, just because I'm here today doesn't re uh, really uh, assure that I will be here tomorrow. What he's talking about ministry and faithfulness. What assures us tomorrows is our relationship with Jesus Christ. That we're passionate, that we pray, that we're in the word, that we love God. We don't go through the motions. That we would, we would allow the Holy Spirit to examine our hearts and to bring conviction where we are with God. And that there's always this driving force. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to know him. Paul the Apostle said after 30 some years of ministry, I want to know him. He was pursuing uh, our, our apostle. Pastor Sonny has the same driving passion that the Apostle Paul had that you and I need to have in our lives. We would leave today not the same, but we would say, man, every day of my life, all the days of my life, I want to be a passionate man of God. I want to be passionate towards my relationship with God, with serving God. I want to be a passionate woman of God. I want to serve God. That's what we need in the house. That's what Woodier needs so we can have leadership that are passionate, that we never quit, we never give up, we never let the devil throw water on our fire but we always know our calling our motive for ministry is to help other people not for titles not for position uh, the driving force the driving force is that we love god we love people we want to help people this is a house of healing a holy ghost hospital we're going to see people come out of our homes and take countries that's the driving force of woody because we have Passion. Paul the Apostle in Timothy 4, 7, 2 Timothy says, not only fight a good fight, he said, he, I finished the race. I kept the faith. What kept him? So he could keep the faith? His passion for God.
Don't lose that passion. Passion increases your power, your staying power, so you can stick it out. Passion not only does that for you, but it also helps you, helps it changes the lives of other people. Passion helps us to keep our priorities right. Passion for the inner cities. There's a stirring in my heart to plant churches. I can't explain it. Pastor Ed said that that same apostolic anointing that Pastor, that Pastor Sonny had came upon him. He prophesied in a regional meeting years ago. He said, that same apostolic anointing is upon you. He told me in Doreen. He said, and you're going to plant many, many churches. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night. I woke up in Mexico in the middle of the night. I didn't want to wake Doreen up. I wasn't feeling good. I went out to my balcony. And I could see the hills and lights. And I just looked towards the lights. And I heard the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I broke. I started crying. He said, see all those lights, son? I yeah, Lord. He said, imagine if that was different countries, different cities, different people. They're going to die and go to hell if you don't send people out to reach them. I felt this overwhelming responsibility. I felt so insignificant, so little. And I said, man, God, please don't let me lose this. Don't let me lose a heart for other people. I pray until the day I die that I'll keep that heart. And I pray you hear my heart. And that God would take, would you hear the voice behind the voice, the driving force. We got to reach other people like you and me. They were hurting. There were so many people that were, that, remember, sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget when we were messed up or we, we were hurting. Because we're saved for a while. Sometimes we forget. Please, let's don't forget. That's part of winning the world. There's a heavy anointing on us to be able to do that. It's all part of God's plan and destiny. And you're a part of that. Do you hear the voice behind the voice this morning? That's what you need to hear. The voice behind the voice. The voice you'll hear when you see his face in heaven. That still small voice of the Holy Spirit saying you're important, you're a part. Don't get it mixed up. Israel has three great sins. You've probably heard this before. It's nothing new. There's no way you cannot read the whole story and not have it come out like a neon sign. Even though they had received deliverance from Egypt and part, the Red Sea was parted and they walked across on dry ground. Their number one great sin is that you see this happening throughout their travel in the wilderness is they kept forgetting God's goodness. They forgot where God delivered them and picked them, where God had took them from slavery. Christians have the same thing. Sometimes they just forget to become ungrateful. Never become ungrateful to God. Never forget what he's done in your life. The other thing that we see he met their needs. He even gave them bread from heaven called manna. And they started murmuring about that. He gave them water from a rock and they still... The second great sin is they, they were never satisfied. They were always complaining. Christians become just like that too. Sometimes leaders do when they lose their passion. They lose their passion... And the most important one 
the great sin of this nation and is a picture of you and I, of Christians. They didn't trust God. And because of that, they had a fear of the future. How are we going to make it? What about as if God doesn't have your future in his hands? If he died on the cross for you, you think he doesn't have a great plan and he can't fulfill it? You think he's not greater than any failures that you have? You think he's not greater than any struggles or weaknesses, any giants in your land? You think he's not greater than your sicknesses or your problems? He knows everything that's going to hit our lives. And in the midst of that, he still has a great plan for your life. Passion will help you never commit the same three sins, the same things in our lives. And it's birth and goes full circle. Passion is only birth in his presence. Let's not forget our first love. Let's stay in love with Jesus. Let's go back to that. Let's go back to the simple things of just being in love with the Lord. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just play softly. Go ahead. Start playing, Joseph. Every head bowed. I want every head bowed. Just. Devil, you're a liar. You are a stinking liar. You have been defeated, and we thank you, Lord, that the victory is ours. I pray for every individual here, Lord, that you'd speak that they would have heard the voice and they'll hear the voice behind the voice. Come on, just let the Holy Spirit speak to you this morning. Come on. Oh, he's speaking. Do you have the ear to hear? Oh, he's speaking this morning. Oh, he's calling this morning. The call of God is going out this morning. The anointing of God is drawing and touching this morning. Take it up.